Are your freedoms being destroyed? Like free speech? Shut up! Then fucking stay here and be blunt about it. Shut up! Will you shut up? Be right back. Welcome, Renegade Nation, the day after the Super Bowl. Men feel so bad. Oh, my fucking God. Everybody <laughs> seems to nag me. Give me another drink, Charlie. Coming Tuesday, I feel better. <laughs> Even my old man looks good. Yeah. Wednesday just don't go. Thursday goes too slow. I've got Friday on my mind. Gonna have fun in the city. Be with my girl. She's so pretty. Looking good, man. That's the only reason I watch the halftime show. Beyonce and Destiny's Child, one of my all-time favorite bands of all time. <laughs> How are you, Marla? I'm really enjoying this song. It's yeah, my favorite it's a, song. It's a good song, right? Yeah. We do, Ed, mm-hmm. And because of you, Richie, yeah, thank you. I <laughs> was shown this song. Yeah, and that's on SkyPilotRadio.com. Yeah, if you go to SkyPilot Radio, you can listen to all this great music that you never hear on these stupid radio stations that have taken off all the good music and put all that crappy music on. Yeah, we've got 60s through the 90s, and we're growing it more. There's thousands of songs yeah, on there. Yeah, thousands. Thousands and thousands that they do not play anymore. So if you want to hear music that you haven't heard in a long time, you need to go to skypilot.com. Like with real singers and real instruments. Yeah. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> yeah. They used to get on stage and play real instruments. It was really cool. <laughs> it was so much fun. Anyway, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Thank you for all the downloads, Renegade Nation. We appreciate it. Renegade Europe, of course, Rick and all of our friends overseas and uh, here in, in the United States. Um, we did have a guest uh, coming on. Uh, apparently, uh, they probably listened to a couple shows, especially Friday's <laughs> show with Karen. And, and I, I think he, I think, I don't think they want to come on. I don't know what but, to say. But the way it hurt my feelings, that's okay. It doesn't matter. It, it would have been interesting, though. He's going to talk about UFO phenomena, but he decided, I guess he decided it, it just wasn't Either that or he got his time wrong and he'll be calling in in 10 minutes. Well, no, not really. I mean, it, it was set up for noon and uh, we set things up. We set things up for timing and uh, he's in the uh, New England area. We're not going to discuss where he is and he was going to come on and talk about the um, <clears throat> propulsion of UFOs and the phenomena of that. But anyway, what are you going to do? I don't know. We're going to go on. Anyway, about life this, goes on. Life goes on. About the Super Bowl yesterday, a lot of people making a lot of comments. One of them happened to be Bill Maher, you know, the uh, comedian that a lot of people don't like and a lot of people do <laughs> of like. Of course, Poli- we love him. Yeah, we love him. Politically incorrect, <laughs> all the crazy shit he comes out with. Again, I've been saying this for a long time. Long time. time. And it's always been about our creator, God. Even though that I have a lot of communication with God and I speak to God a lot. In fact, let me tell you what I did, Renegade Nation. I bet on the Ravens that they would win in Vegas because God told me they were going to win. And guess what? I was right. 
God is always right when it comes to football. And Bill Maher said, what the hell does God have to do with anything? But Bill, you're wrong. I want a shitload of money because I communicate with the fucking creator. You don't communicate. You guess. I am the one that takes the information from God. Then I go to the casinos and I bet the money. I made 75 fucking thousand dollars yesterday for doing laying on the beach. So what the hell are we doing a show for? I don't know. You should be I, taking me somewhere. Because I'm, I'm, I like bragging about how great I am and all the money that I made. And these, you, these people just make these, these things up. See, what I do is I take it to the full extension and I make extension? sure that... The extension, yes. When God <laughs> says to me that the Baltimore Ravens were going to win the game, I believed him. So what I did was I went to the... I, I, I made the bet through my uh, bookie. Oh, of and, course. And I, I won the money. Your, your bookie was Bugs Bunny. And especially with Bill Maher says, what's God have to do with anything? Well, Bill, that if you listen to God like I do, if you want to communicate with God through Rich, through me, contact <laughs> us and I will put you in touch with God and God will tell you who's going to win the game and who's not going to win the game. It's as simple as that. It is really funny, though, because we've been saying for years, oh, yeah, why the hell at the end of the game they go, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you, God. God has absolutely nothing to do with it. Well, let me explain to why the 49ers lost. Because one of those players was accused of some sexual deal or something, and God got pissed off and said, you're not going to win the game and get the accolades of the press and the media and the stupid motherfucking ostrich media here in the, in the country. So, um, sorry, San Francisco. Next year, if you behave yourselves and be good little boys and girls, everything will work out for you. But the Ravens did the right thing, and, and they won. But, oh, by the way, right after the game, and this was another thing that people got really, really upset about, Marlon. Tell me. Joe Falco, the uh, most ah, yes. the most valuable, yeah. yeah, the most valuable player, yeah, the quarterback. Yes, I, yes, I'm well okay. aware of who he is. Now, here's what happens, Renegade Nation. When you win something that big, you're on national TV. 110 million motherfucking people watch the game, stuff their faces, had a great time, and it was a great game. Even though I laid on the beach. I didn't watch the game. I just saw replays of the game, and I heard it was really good. But what Joe Falco did, and this is what happens when you get win a promotion at work or you win the lottery or you win something really big, and you know it, you've been striving for years and years and years to get to that level of winning something. Well, when he finally won the Super Bowl and was named MVP, the first thing out of his mouth is CBS is dropping their fucking microphones all over the fucking place, and you know with the, with the press, they're all crowding into him. He, here's Atta what he said: It's the attack of the uh, microphones. It's the attack of the microphone she went like this this is fucking, fucking great oh, no oh. this is fucking, fucking awesome now what in the world is wrong with that but what happened was it went over the air and it absolutely infuriated people around the country that cbs didn't have a seven second delay system but it's in oh the oh my god it's in the joy of winning renegade nation i won i am number one i am fucking it's fucking awesome I, we here at Renegade do not have a problem by saying the word fuck. Everybody in the world says fuck. And the bottom line is, what is the big deal that the guy said? It's fucking awesome. He deserves it. Uh, you know what, Joe? Congratulations from us here at Renegade. I am so happy that you pulled that off and won that game. It was absolutely excellent. And thank you and congratulations to the yeah, Baltimore and Ravens. And fuck you. And fuck You're you. Awesome. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> 
fuck you. God, you know, anyway, so God was there. Bill Maher and God was fighting it out and blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on. But you know what really one of the interesting things was, Marla, about, what, the, about the game? You know, they have, they have the Beyonce thing, you know, and apparently they're blaming now on social media that she had so many lights and so many electrical cords that it blew out the um, uh, electrical system in the stadium where they went dark for 34 minutes. In fact, CBS's big mouths, the two announcers, couldn't even talk for 34 minutes. I bet they couldn't stand it. I'm wondering if that was a setup. I mean, uh, these people are so-called professionals. This is not supposed to happen. It is not. That means you could drink more waiting for the game to come no, back No, you on. couldn't find your way around. You Rich, find don't, your way be, around. don't be silly. How about the poor people in the restrooms when the lights went out? I mean, think about all of the um, that problems would, that people That would be a occur. problem, but there yeah. are windows, I think. Never no, been. there's no windows. There's no, no windows. Dark. No, yeah, no windows. Okay. In fact, that um, stadium is sold. That's the one that Katrina blasted off. Oh. And they, 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 I think what they should do is just scrap that stadium and start over. It's cursed. Yeah, it's cursed. And I think the reason is the voodoo religions down there, they had something to do with it because they don't like it. So the people back in the swamps, they, they did their voodoo voodoo stuff. Absolutely. And that's what I, I would have too if they would have left me there for days <laughs> starving. And I want to get it all. In the mud. It's all, it's all news. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Anyway. Well, everything here right. in Maui is just marvelous. Yeah. Well, what we did well yeah, yesterday, I uh, I called Marla up and I said, "What are you doing? You going to watch the game, or you know, what do you want to do?" And she goes, "You know, why don't we go to the beach and hang out?" So we went to the beach. Renegade Nation. It was one of the most beautiful days here in Maui ever. In fact, there was a cruise ship that was uh, sailing by, and uh, <clears throat> of course, I had by my, my binoculars and I was looking <laughs> at these beautiful women hanging over with their big tits. It was it was just great. Yeah. And the dolphins and the whales were out. Wasn't it nice? Oh, it was gorgeous, and it was so trippy. I wish I would have had my phone to see a cruise ship going in between Maui, Lanai, and Molokai. And Molokai, we've never seen that before. And which was really cool is there was nobody on the beach. There was nobody yeah. on the roads. We had the whole beach to ourselves. Yeah, I was running around naked. Yeah, we were half naked yeah. running around. It was great. The humpback <laughs> whales were a humping. <laughs> there were humping there out thousands there. of them. It was so. Fucking awesome. Anyway, tomorrow... There you go. It was so fucking awesome. Oh, fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is fucking awesome, man. Anyway, um, the uh, tomorrow, a former um, uh, news guy, uh, Bill Dean, he'll be on air to uh, talk about his uh, new book, uh, Smooth Criminal. Also, Bill was Smooth the... Uh, also, he was the <laughs> news assignment editor uh, at CBS, and that was his, his former employer. So we're going to get into the media and how the media operates, and even about this uh, football game and about a lot of other things that uh, that are and going on. And he will actually call he, he will He will show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Karen, I'm sorry that if we were so explicit that you didn't even put the show up on your site. You did put the Renegade yeah. banner well, up, but you never put the goddamn player up. Yeah, well, it's, it's a mess. And you're acting like we are the dirtiest, most filthy thing ever and you brought up the, the vagina thing that the was, vagina re reconstruction yeah, shit I don't we know we don't get it we don't get it either it doesn't matter who cares oh well I, I don't care you know what if you don't want to put oh. the show up don't put the show up I don't give a shit also, I, I really don't care also yeah yes Marla Friday show mm -hmm. very sorry to tell you oh, what was her name there's so many guests we have oh on. Debbie Debbie Deb, out of Deb Arizona the yeah. sex oils they, they, they didn't I work I did put them all over us Nothing. So you're not coming. You're not coming back on either. So I'm very sorry to tell you. And the one that had all those uh, scents you were talking about gave me the worst headache ever. <laughs> you got headaches yeah. out of it instead of getting turned. I on. I didn't get horny at all. Yeah, Did you, well, Rich? 
No, nothing no, happened to we me. We didn't either. feel a thing. We, I even tried it on my, some other chick that I banged, and it didn't work for her either. So uh, you're not coming back on either. I, and I even tried one more time, and my headache just couldn't okay, take it. All right. Anyway, we're going to take a break. Renegade Nation, when we come back, you're not going to believe what they did during the Super Bowl uh, um, commercials. And what they and, and the way they did it was so sneaky that you will be absolutely amazed what they did. This is the media trying to shove some religion, so-called religion, down your throat without you even knowing about it. It was absolutely pathetic. Yes, Marla. And that's the uh, old media, sensationalism type media. Yeah, you'll we see. We are... The new media elite. Thank you, Marla. We'll be right back. You're listening to Renegade Talk in Maui, where we don't sugarcoat. Maui? Yeah, Maui. We moved moved to Maui. I'm sorry. I took too much Xanax last night. We're both a wreck. Anyway, we'll be right back. Sugarcoat shit. Listen. Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome back to Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Maui, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name is Richie, along with Marlai, and our guest did show up. Bob Schroeder showed up, so we're going to be talking to him in a few weeks. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Say, we can go where we want to, place where they will never find. And we can act like we come from out of this world, leave the real one far behind. Well, they sure did have a safety dance at that halftime show with that Beyonce half naked. They didn't want no, they didn't want no panties and bras falling off of her. Oh my God, if that would have happened. Anyway, a little bit of the safety dance from the early '80s. My name is Richie Kepler, along with Marla, RenegadeTalk.fm in Maui, where we don't sugarcoat shit. And of course, Renegade Nation, thank you for all the downloads. Thank you for making us number one in news talk uh, on Potomatic, and also thank you for making us number two in Los Angeles. And again, thank you for making us in the top fifty. Thank we you. really appreciate I it. I need to learn thank you in every language. <laughs> thank you in every language. We're on every continent. <laughs> anyway, Bob uh, Schroeder uh, is on the line. This is the guest that I told you dumped on us early in the program. But I had the times wrong, so I made a mistake. And Renegade Nation, I am extremely sorry that I messed up. I never mess up, and you know how I am. I am Mr. Perfect over here. But today, but today, but today, I'm not. I am not perfect. So, Bob, how are you? I'm doing great, uh, Rich and Marla, uh, f- fantastic, and thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for calling in late, Bob. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. We are thrilled to uh, one have of the, you. One of the things I wanted to say in Renegade Nation, when oh, we yes. took the break, we were talking about these stupid commercials that they play on the Super Bowl. One of the commercials happened to be the Church of Scientology. 
Can you believe, <laughs> can you actually believe that they put an ad on the Astridge Media Networks? And guess what they were saying to people? They were telling you that it's all about you. It's about you. It's the, to the curious, to the inquisitive, to the seekers of knowledge. It began the 32nd Scientology Super Bowl ad. To the ones who just want to know about life, about the universe, about yourself. And that's why we have Bob Schroeder here, because he's <laughs> going to explain to you about propulsion and UFO. That's and, right. Yeah, and, and we're going to get into the free thinkers and innovators like Bob's, Bob is, and the artists and the rebels like we are. And, and Scientology, let me explain something to you, Renegade Nation. L. Ron Hubbard was here Saturday night. He <laughs> I, took me on his spaceship. He and won't he, leave us alone. No, but Ron, L. Ron showed me the commercial on the spaceship. I actually saw it before everybody else did. But it's how they did it. They snuck it in through the local TV affiliates, and people were, like, offended by this. Why are they putting religious commercials on the Super Bowl? It's amazing. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. I just wanted to let you know how we feel about it. We and, are offended. Like, like we said, like Joe Falco said from the, uh, uh, the Ravens, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> anyway. It's fucking wrong. Uh, it's fucking wrong. Anyway. So Bob, okay. uh, Bob is uh, here. Bob is a, uh, an author. Uh, he wrote a book about solving the UFO enigma, how modern physics is revealing the technology of UFOs. Now, a lot of people out there have all of these. They, they see UFOs and they make up stories and they have, they have this stuff and the conspiracy theories and all this stuff and scare people to death yeah, and they the say ETs. yeah yeah the, the ETs and L. Ron Hubbard and his spaceship and all Would this craziness. Leave L. Ron out of okay. this. Anyway, Bob <laughs> is here to uh, to explain to you, Renegade Nation, uh, uh, what is actually going on with these UFOs, so-called UFOs, and the propulsion techniques and their power plants and of how they're getting from one planet to the next. And Bob, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself yeah. and why you came to be interested in this UFO phenomenon? A little background. Uh, yep, I sure can. Um, I'm, a, I'm actually retired now. I had uh, worked for Hewlett Packard uh, for 26 years, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just retired a couple of years ago. And but um, I happen to come from a family of scientists and engineers. And uh, back in 1957, uh, I was standing out in my front yard, my parents' home. Uh, I was only 12 years old at the time, but I was. I was uh, looking up in the sky, and our our house was um, uh, in Teaneck, New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, just west of New York City. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple miles west, so very close to the city. It's very close to the city. Mm-hmm. And and so I was looking up, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I, um, you know, I saw this cylinder. It was probably five o'clock in the afternoon, and I saw this metallic gold cylinder followed by a round object that was no wider than the width of the cylinder. But uh, real quick, I'll just say what happened. Um, I was watching these two things going toward New York City, and they were probably at the altitude of a uh, commercial jet. Uh, The Boeing 707 had just come out Mm -hmm. in 1957. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching this, and I could not figure out what the heck these things were. And my first thought, I, you know, as a kid, was I thought maybe it was Sputnik, but I couldn't figure out why the satellite Sputnik was following the booster rocket that put it into orbit. Well, hey, Bob, did you ever think it might have been a weather balloon from 2012 that drifted back <laughs> in, in a time warp? 
and, and you know, I have to admit, I was totally baffled, and um, and and I could, I had very good eyesight back then. I still don't wear glasses today. Wow. And I could, yeah, I, I'm kind of lucky. I, I think my wife forces me to eat salads, and that's probably what does it. <laughs> I wish I had your genes, Bob. <laughs> you know what's funny? You, you, when you saw this in 1957, I saw something in 1969. I was uh, in a different part of the world. I don't like to go into detail, but it was. I was in the middle of the South Pacific Ocean. It was pitch dark, no light whatsoever. Renegade Nation, when I say no light, I mean no light whatsoever. You the, mean dark. It was dark. The ostrich media will not tell you anything about this, but I saw a light in the corner of my right eye about a quarter, maybe an eighth of a mile off of the ocean surface. No noise whatsoever. Absolutely no noise. The light came by, and in a blink of an eye, and I mean a blink, I could say even a half a blink, the light show was there. I saw it in the corner of my eye, and then it was gone. Yeah, it's absolutely and, amazing. And, and that's very typical, uh, Rich and Marla of UFOs, I mean genuine UFO sightings, mm -hmm. uh, the incredible acceleration of these craft. And, uh, and if I can I just go back to why I got interested in this. Mm -hmm. um, after I saw that, I started reading about it in the, in the years following that. And, I, and I, I was reading that 1957 was a year when there was a gigantic wave of UFO sightings all over the United States and the Western Hemisphere. And so I realized I probably had seen one of those things. And, um, and, I, and I'll, I'll just go through this real quick because I don't want to spend too much time on that story. But uh, years later, I also read a story where in France, a guy was walking his dog at like 2 a.m. in the morning, and he saw this gigantic cylinder just like I had seen, mm -hmm. but he saw, it, he saw it in the dark. And as he was watching the cylinder, which he said, was easily half a mile, probably closer to a mile in length. And he said it was about three or 4,000 feet up. Um, as he watched it um, in the dark, but the cylinder was lit up, it was metallic. He said probably maybe 70 or 80 feet in diameter. All of a sudden there was a flash on the bottom of the cylinder mm -hmm. and it out popped a classic disc-shaped UFO and it swirled around the cylinder and shot off in one direction of the compass. So that basically, wow. basically what he saw was the mothership. Exactly. And um, I saw it, too. Yeah. And I now realize that these craft, um, that the, the disc-shaped craft that people see are probably the scout craft that, um, that come from the mothership's and they come down closer to the surface. Hey, the hey, Bob, let me ask you a question. I mean, you're you're very knowledgeable in this, and as we get it th through this interview, um, we, I, the other day we were talking on the uh, telephone about uh, why you have not been on Coast to Coast, the UFO show uh, that is uh, that rages across the United States every night, and all these people talking about these UFOs. Huck, yeah, I, I, apparently... And don't forget the ETs, and the, I'm sorry, the ETs. And apparently you said that they basically turned you down. Uh, well, I have tried twice to get on there. Um, I'm hoping I eventually do do get on the show. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's uh, unfortunate, but they seem to be attracted more to the 
sensational stuff, right? And stuff uh, rather right. than the hard science. The hard science, and that's what and it's all. Hey, Bob, that's what it's all about. It is about the hard science, and people don't want to uh, go to the hard science. And I guess my next question is, why should we pay attention to the to this UFO phenomenon? Why should we be, even be bothered with it? If they, I mean, well, if they have that power to get here, what, I mean, if they wanted to do something to us, they they could. That's a real good question. Uh, the re- um, and uh, we should be paying attention to this because of what's happening in physics on planet Earth. Um, there, scientists have been working on uh, trying to unravel nature at its deepest levels for the last uh, couple of centuries, and particularly in the last uh, in the 20th and beginning of the 21st century. And they are making progress. We, um, many people in the audience may have heard of the discovery of, of the so-called Higgs particle. Um, and, and so this was predicted. And once they discovered it, it tells us that um, the theories that they're working on are headed in the right direction. But most importantly, as far as the UFO phenomenon is concerned, uh, it looks like, um, uh, and now this is really, really interesting, uh, the direction of modern physics is moving um, originally right up until about the 1970s from about, um, in modern physics, mm-hmm. from about 1900 up to about 1970, 1980 or so. Uh, it was thought that we lived in a four-dimensional universe, uh, one made up of three dimensions of space and one of time. Uh, but uh, they were having, uh, but one of the big things that they're trying to prove in physics is they're trying to unify the fundamental forces of nature, and those four forces are uh, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, electromagnetism, and gravity. And um, But they were having great difficulty bringing gravity into the mix. They were trying to unify gravity with the others, and so finally, theoretically, they began to make some progress when they, uh, when it was proposed that there might be more than four dimensions. Now, it used to be cons- thought that uh, any dimensions beyond the four of space-time was strictly the uh, realm of science fiction. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, now it looks like uh, the theories are pointing toward uh, the, the, the idea that we live in an 11-dimensional universe. And, uh, and so... Um, and I believe that this is very, very important as far as the UFO phenomenon is concerned. Okay, so wait, I think, okay, yeah. I, have a, I have a question. What dimension? What, what dimension do you think we're living in right can, now? Can, wait, can we just? <laughs> and, uh, I missed um, a little bit of what you said earlier because it got really windy here, and I had to close the doors. Um, oh yeah, I'm really interested in the dimensions. And uh, my question is, what dimension do you think we're living in right now? Uh, well, that's a, that's another real good question. What scientists are now thinking is that uh, we actually live on a membrane, a space-time membrane, mm-hmm. and uh, and those and these space-time membranes appear to be floating in a larger space-time. Um, wow! And now it, it gets a little bit um, uh, confusing here, but I'll explain it as quickly as I can. Um, it looks like we live on a ten-dimensional space-time membrane, but then there's another uh, uh, dimension making a total of 11, and it looks like there may be another space-time membrane floating next to ours. And uh, now, 
the 10-dimensional space-time membrane we live in, we are only aware of, normally, of four dimensions, three of space and one of time. But it looks like the other six dimensions of that 10, so six plus four equals 10, it looks like six of the 10 dimensions are curled up into, at each point in space-time, to tiny little areas. And those particular, they, they call them calibi yao spaces, they're not um, Im immediately important to uh, explaining the UFO phenomenon, but I'll just mention them because that's where the 11 dimensions come from. That's fascinating. But the, uh, but the other dimension that is believed to exist is a spatial dimension, and it's a larger spatial dimension. And what they think, and this is where it gets very exciting, they think that the, the space-time membrane we live on uh, there's another space-time membrane uh, sitting in that extra dimension of space parallel to us. And then that space in between those space-time membranes is referred to as the bulk, B-U-L-K. And, um, and now i got to go back to... Uh, can I continue unless you want to... Well, I guess one of my questions was, you see all, the, all these UFOs or so-called UFOs flying around and hanging out, and I guess my question is, and a lot of people, <clears throat> Renegade Nation, and a lot of people that will be listening to this radio program, how are these uh, spacecraft or UFOs or ETs or whatever you want to call them able to perform this inertia, you know, def defying acrobatics in Earth's atmosphere? Because um, there was a story that came out back in 1997, 98, 99, somewhere back there, where there was an <clears throat> America West uh, jetliner flying out of Albuquerque and flying to um, Phoenix. And when they got up to about 30,000 feet or so, <clears throat> there was a spaceship that was uh, circling the jet. And what happened yeah. was somebody picked it up on the ground and got into the Arizona Republic front page, and then all of a sudden it was just scrapped completely out. And then in 2006, they released that, and the pilots actually released the actual um, <clears throat> radio transmissions from the pilot to the, to the FAA ground control. But the people on that plane were, were seeing this thing flying around the plane. And the plane's going 500 miles an hour. So I, I guess the question is, <clears throat> how are they doing this? How is this, uh, with this physics and the quantum physics and, the, and, and what you're talking about, how does that all coincide with, with uh, travel in space? Excellent, excellent. Um, it, uh, I, I, let me uh, uh, go back just a little bit before I answer that particular question. Okay. But it's, it's related. There are actually two big questions related to the UFO phenomenon. Uh, number one, how do they get here? And number two, your point, um, how do they do this inertia-defying uh, 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 performance in our atmosphere? How do they defy gravity? So those are the two big questions. How do they get here, and, and how do they fly around, apparently, with... Um, such ease. So they're flying. Atmosphere. So Bob, they're actually flying through the gravity that we cannot we cannot figure out yet. They're flying through it. They're flying around airplanes and flying around buildings and, and over on over the oceans. But then when they decide, well, hey, we're going to take off, they leave the gravity atmosphere and they go into outer space. Or, in, or uh, well, or they don't actually have to go into outer space. Right. Uh, and here, this is where it gets uh, extremely fascinating. I think what's happening is this. Uh, the, the, what I'll do is I'll answer first the question of how do, how do they get to planet Earth from, like, say, Alpha Centauri, which is the closest planet to, I mean, closest star system to planet Earth. Uh, it's 4.3 light years. Um, so anyway, um, 
I think the way they do it, uh, I, I believe what's happening is this, and it goes back to the physics where they're trying to unify gravity with the non-gravity forces. And, um, and, the, and they've been having great difficulty over the last three or four decades in trying to do this. And, and now the reason why is because gravity, the reason they think that it's so difficult to unify gravity with the other forces, electromagnetism, weak nuclear force, and the strong nuclear force, is because compared to those forces, gravity is incredibly weak. Now, I know hmm. that the average person listening out there thinks, you know, hey, wait a minute, gravity's not that weak. When I get up in the morning and I stumble out of bed, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like me. Go to work. We're kind of in that mode today. <laughs> <laughs> and gravity is incredibly strong as far as they're concerned. But this is this know differently they they know that for example even the weak nuclear force which is the weakest of the non-gravity forces is on the order of like um, 20 uh, 10 to the 26th power stronger than the force of gravity and so that what that is is one followed by 26 zeros and uh, and if that gives you an idea I mean to, to put that in a little different way uh, 100 is 10 squared, 1,000 is 10 cubed, um, and, you know, and so on like that. So you can imagine, um, you know, th that's with just two zeros after the one and three zeros after the one. Hey, hey Bob, now, I, Bob, we're, Bob, we're going we're to take a break, but one of the questions I do want to ask you sure. is, uh, after the break, is about the Roswell crash, and um, a lot of people have been talking a lot about the Roswell crash. Do you think that we have that technology right now? They're just not releasing the technology of the gravity versus... Uh, hmm? No, I, I don't think so, but I think, I think we are going to figure it out on our own. We don't need to go to aliens to figure it out. We are closing in on it, and I'll explain that after the break. Okay, Marla, okay. go ahead. What? Yeah, Bob, when we were talking about gravity and these different dimensions, and now I can't remember, I'm terrible at math. Um, oh, gosh, I was going to... I'm sorry, I forgot the question. I can't anyway, when we come... In time. Oh, well, you were thinking about gravity versus the, uh, the strength of gravity. Yeah, so versus... you, were, you were talking about scientists or uh, physics... What are, what do they call them? I don't know. Uh, and, and what they're doing, what they're doing, Marla, is they're trying to unify the four forces of nature. Okay, okay. I thought that's what, who and I thought you meant. You're not talking about extraterrestrials. No, we're anything. talking about the unifying of the forces of the gravity forces. Anyway, when we come back with Bob Schroeder, um, we're going to be talking about solving the uh, hierarchy problem, uh, helping us solve the technology of this uh, UFO phenomena. Phenomena, and you're listening to Renegade Talk FM. We're interviewing uh, author Robert Schroeder about his new book, Solving the, the UFO Enigma: How Modern Physics Is Revealing the Technology. Of UFOs and Renegade Nation. We'll be right back, so you stay tuned. Welcome back, Renegade Talk, Renegade Nation. Thank you for all the downloads. Richie here with Marla, the Glamour Girl. 
And we have author Robert Schroeder talking about his new book, Solving the UFO Enigma. This is really interesting information, better than the Scientology in the Super Bowl, believe me. It gets into <laughs> where we are headed, where our lives are in space, and especially these unidentified flying objects, which is amazingly interesting when it comes to science. And Renegade Nation, you need to listen to Robert. He knows exactly what he's talking about, and it's just absolutely amazing how this stuff is happening right in front of our faces, and Bob is, is going to try to explain explain this to you. So, Bob, welcome to the program. We appreciate it. Thank you for being on. Thank you, Rich and Marla. Thanks for having me. This so, is fascinating. So now we're going to come to the question is, and this is a big question. Now, Renegade Nation, a lot of people ask this question. How, so how does solving the hierarchy problem help us solve the technology of the UFO phenomena? And Bob is going to answer that question. And we, Renegade Nation, are going to listen intently to what he has to say about how, what the, how, how to answer that question. Bob, it's all yours. Excellent. Okay, here goes. Um, the hierarchy problem refers to the weakness of gravity versus the other forces of nature. Uh, there's only four fundamental forces. Uh, the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force, electromagnetism, and gravity. In a nutshell, the weak nuclear force uh, is responsible for radioactivity. Uh, the strong nuclear force holds the protons and neutrons and gluon uh, uh, quarks of the uh, nucleus together. Um, and the electromagnetic force uh, is holds the electron uh, in orbit around the nucleus with the, the positive proton and the nucleus and the electron. So uh, th those are those three non-gravity fundamental forces. And one great thing about physics, it's pretty easy. And it, there's not a whole lot to memorize. And, I, I, hey, um, Bob, I guess my question is, uh, if you graduated from MIT, uh, they they know exactly what you said. But to the common average guy out there, what does that really mean? Just in, in well, street talk, what does I, that mean? Okay, that's a good question. It's a, In a nutshell, there are really only four fundamental forces in nature, and there's only two types of, all forces are carried by particles. Uh, I have to do a little bit of physics here, Rich, otherwise it won't make any sense. Okay. But there's, there's only two types of particles in nature. You can think of nature as consisting of three elements, uh, space-time, and then two types of particles. One type are force particles that make things happen, like the electromagnetic force in a bolt of lightning. And then there are matter particles, like an electron, um, or like a proton or an atom, and those are matter particles. Uh, so, but the beauty of physics, um, for anybody who hasn't studied it but would like to, is there's not too much to memorize. <laughs> there's only a, a handful of matter particles and only a handful of force particles. Um, so, and now what's going on in modern physics is there, uh, the, what they consider the holy grail of modern physics is they're trying to unify those four fundamental forces of nature. And the reason they're trying to do that is because they believe at the very beginning of the universe, the so-called Big Bang, that these four forces were a, a single super force. They, at that time, they were not separate forces. And so that's what science is really trying to do. They're trying to get back to the beginning of the universe and see how things worked back then. 
Now, they've, they've had good luck in unifying the three non-gravity forces, the electric, electromagnetic, weak, and strong nuclear force. But they've not been able to bring uh, gravity into the mix. And, that's, uh, and the reason is because gravity is much, much weaker than the other three non-gravity forces. And, 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 and it is exponentially weaker. That is to say, uh, like, the, uh, uh, like the electromagnetic force, for example, is 10 to the 36th power stronger than gravity. So that's one followed by 36 zeros stronger than gravity. To give you an idea of how big a number that is, it's absolutely astronomical. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's so big that it's not a million, it's not a billion, it's not a trillion times stronger. It's a gazillion, gazillion, gazillion. It's a a number, it's a name that we don't even have. Does that that have anything to do with, does that have anything to do with warp geometry? Yes, it does. And this is where it gets interesting, Rich and Marla. This is where where it's very exciting as far as the UFO phenomenon is concerned. Well, uh, they tried to solve, uh, they've been trying to figure out uh, what's going on. And as I mentioned earlier in the earlier segment, they think that we live on a space-time membrane uh, made up of 10 dimensions, but they think there's 11 dimensions altogether. So that extra dimension is another space dimension, and they think our space-time membrane that we live on, the entire universe you see around us, when you look up at the sky at night, see all those stars and everything like that, mm-hmm. that's the, that is the space-time membrane we live on. and uh, But they think there's another space-time membrane li- literally parallel to ours. And the space between those two space-time membranes they refer to as the bulk. And, uh, and anyway, they were trying to figure out why gravity is so weak when, a, 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 uh, when finally, uh, around the year 2000, uh, two physicists from Harvard University and one from John Hopkins University, uh, they uh, came up with a theory called warped geometry. And uh, what their theory proposes is that the reason gravity is so weak is because the particle that carries the gravity force, which is the graviton, it's a hypothetical particle, they believe that 99.99999% of all the gravitons are not on our space-time membrane but they're in that area between the two space-time membranes that is referred to as the bulk, B-U-L-K. Okay, so getting into okay, so I have a question. Getting into the bulk, do you think that this uh, planet of Earth, as uh, whoever called it Earth, do you think this is a spaceship? Do you think that we're floating in space and this is a docking area for unidentified flying objects? That we're so far beyond the realm of understanding that this this could be a spaceship itself? Uh, no, I don't think so, Rich. Um, I think plant, now they know uh, from the Kepler telescope that um, that's, a, that's a satellite telescope that's in outer space. They know that um, there's planets going around thousands of other stars. They've already detected uh, thousands of them. I think they're up to uh, uh, well over a thousand. Well, yeah. <coughs> We're very aware of the Kepler uh, that was Rich's one of ancestor. My ans- one of my ancestors, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the yep, guy I knew that. Yeah. yeah. The, and, the, and, and, that, and that's uh, very interesting because 
you're exactly the people that I want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always well, it's so, always and go ahead, Marla, I'm well, sorry. it's interesting because Rich is brilliant, you know, and but people don't believe, like he's ten years ahead of everything, like Johannes and other people during that time, and you with your background, you said your family or science and physics, it just stands to reason, you know, that 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 genius or that part of your brain is really active. See now, I can't, I can't do physics or math, but I can write, do creative writing, things just pop out of my head, but math just befuddles me. I guess one of the, <laughs> one of the last questions before we go, and we're gonna continue this conversation and get deeper, deeper as the weeks go on, Renegade Nation. One of, one of the things that people do not understand and do not realize when a UFO <clears throat> is able to levitate above uh, Earth's surface without ring, wings or rocket power, a lot of people have seen these um, so-called UFOs, but they don't hear any noise or they don't hear, there's no rumblings or no... Um, is that because they're in the, uh, what was they called? The bulk? Um, the bulk. The bulk. Of this, uh, well, no, I don't think so. I know, I have a very good idea of how they work. Um, and um, could I just finish that uh, one thing I was saying oh, please do. about uh, warp geometry? Go ahead. That theory. Okay. Um, in that theory, um, what they believe is they believe that bulk area there, uh, they believe that uh, it's warped in such a way that vast, virtually all the gravitons in the larger 11-dimensional uh, universe are actually um, out there in the bulk. And they're all concentrated exponentially um, away from our space-time membrane. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where this explains. When I read this theory, um, Rich and Marla, when I read this theory, I knew how UFOs get to planet Earth. Because in a strong gravity field, and remember, gravitons carry the gravity force. So it's going to be an immensely strong gravity field out there in the bulk. So you're actually um, saying when they hit the bulk, they're actually being sucked into the bulk of the gravity toward us. Uh, well, not exactly. Not exactly. Okay, uh, explain that. Uh, what, what actually happens is when they go into the bulk, the distances between stars shrink to very small distances. And so for a good example, uh, they would only have to go into a short ways into the bulk where gravity is only one tenth thousandth as strong as its maximum value in wow. the bulk and at that short distance into the bulk and they would have to leave our space-time membrane and go into the bulk um, hey, Bob they, isn't that why Kepler when, when Kepler was launched was looking at the uh, and I know the uh, the the not the invention or the what would you call it the um, what he what he found was the uh, timing of the light, the transit of light, and light is so it's so complicated in transit of light between stars and planets. And the, to me, I think what you're saying is that's the where the bulk is. I think between the transits. Am I? No, uh, mm -hmm. uh, no not exactly. No, um, the, the, when you look up at the stars at night, mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at our space-time membrane that we live on, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and the, in the warp geometry theory, they refer to that as the uh, weak membrane. Uh, weak only refers to the energy level on our membrane. And, uh, but uh, but go, go, going back real quick to the warp geometry thing, mm 
if they all these guys only if the UFO only goes in part way into the bulk, only one ten thousandth of the maximum strength of gravity in the bulk to that point, the distance to Alpha Centauri, which is four point three light years from planet Earth, um, that ends that ends up being reduced to twenty five miles. Wow. So, so in part of your book, you say also of great interest as far as UFOs penetrating into the bulk is that there are a number of documented cases of UFOs becoming partially or fully transparent in front of witnesses. And, a yep. and, 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 and in a particularly good case was that of an Air, Air France captain, uh, uh, Dubac, who with his flight crew on January 28, 1994, observed a reddish uh, disc-shaped object estimated at 800 feet in diameter, diameter, and it became uh, potentially or partially transparent, and then it completely disappeared. That's a, one of the best um, observations ever of a UFO that I believe in that particular case, uh, Rich and Marla, that UFO was leaving the space-time membrane we live on, what, what is called the weak membrane, mm -hmm. and it was going into the bulk. And when it does so... Um, See, now, here's, here's where it's also very interesting. The, um, the photons, which carry the electromagnetic force, that's how your eye sees. Uh, in other words, when you, uh, a photon uh, bouncing off of an object um, enters your eye, and that's how you, the retina in the back of your eye, that's how you see things. However, the photon uh, is one of the force particles that carries the electromagnetic force, and... Uh, and that's believed to be stuck on the membrane we live on, so this, the weak membrane. So therefore, when a UFO leaves the weak membrane that we live on, we can no longer see it. It's actually going into that bulk area, and right. the photons that we need to see with cannot travel into the bulk. So in other words, that, that Air France captain who saw that, that, that UFO disappearing, he saw it actually, uh, you know, uh, becoming transparent. It was actually leaving, uh, leaving and going into the bulk, and that's where the transparency came. So we're so close to the, to the bulk that we don't even understand the bulk. Not yet. But, but, we but we're getting there. Uh, the, what's going on with that particle accelerator in Geneva, Switzerland? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get in, we'll, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into that on Thursday. I'm going to get into that Geneva, Switzerland stuff on Thursday because this is so absolutely intriguing. Fascinating. It's fascinating that most people don't talk about. It. They talk. I saw this UFO and it picked yeah. me up and screwed me up the ass and all this mm -hmm. craziness. This is this yep. is where the science and Renegade Nation. This is about the science about how this works and it's all about physics and science and the, and 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 the bulk that, that that Bob is talking about. And when you start to see where you know you you might you might have seen something in the sky and all of a sudden it's gone. It's it's quickly it quickly disappears. And that's what Bob is talking about is this bulk and I want to get more into detail in our next interview and I like Absolutely. to have that interview on Thursday Great. to continue this on a weekly basis so we can try to educate you to some degree as to how this phenomena is actually happening and not listening to Coast to Coast and the rest of these nut jobs and conspiracy <laughs> theorists and crazy people that have been extracted Rich, from Earth. I'm crazy. We're crazy. And L. Ron Hubbard like I, I just <laughs> came here from Mars. But L. Ron Hubbard took me to the bulk the other night. I had yeah, a good time. But anyway. The bulk. You know, I before we go, just and this is like a silly little kid question, is it possible for people to go from one dimension to another? And that's not a silly question. 
um, I, I believe these UFOs are doing that right now. I mean, if you consider them to be sort of alien people, uh, they're actually moving between uh, the space-time we live in and they're going into the bulk, another space-time. Um, and so, yeah, I know, I think it is possible. Yep. Would, would it then, be possible for these two dimensions to intersect for a moment and a human or a person or an animal end up in another dimension? Uh, I don't, well, you know what? Uh, you don't it's, know. it's a little bit complicated. <laughs> That's a little no, bit I heavy. I think yeah. so. Not, they would need equipment to do it. Uh, mm -hmm. That is a, um, a coherent object uh, made up of billions and billions of cells and stuff like that. That's why these um, aliens have these craft, which we call UFOs, and they use them, and I, I, on the next show, I'll explain how they work. I, I think I know exactly how they work. And, and, it's, and I also, one more thing that's very, very important, I, I not only do I think I know how they work, but I think I know how we can prove it. Uh, it's going to, uh, so we can talk about that on the next show. Okay, we're going to talk about that on the next show. Bob, again, uh, Renegade Nation, the name of the book is... Uh, solving the UFO enigma, how modern physics is revealing the technology of UFOs. It's by author Robert Schroeder out of, um, uh, out of Boston. It's uh, amazingly fascinating as to what's going on, but nobody talks about the physics side of this and the science side of it. And Bob, we are so grateful, and I know Renegade Nation will be extremely grateful to hear this type of talk radio to try to understand what it is that makes... How it works. And how it works and the things that happen and the things that we're seeing that we don't understand and then the media goes crazy and uses all this conspiracy crap. But when you really get down to it, it's all about the science and how it all works. And Bob, we appreciate you being on the air and we uh, I, I would like to set this up again for the, this coming Thursday to continue this uh, conversation because it is so interesting and so informative. And we again, thank you so much, Bob, for uh, being part of it. Uh, Again, th thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. Okay, and I'm looking bye. forward to the next show. Uh, okay. Oh, so bye -bye. are we. I, I want you to hold on as we go off the air. Marla, again, always a pleasure being with you. Oh, you, you stop it. Always I, a pleasure I always with do. me. I just to piss you off. You anyway. do. Well, Ren you, it works. I know. Renegade Nation. You know Nation. what, Rich? No. You're never a pleasure. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wish I was. <laughs> anyway, Renegade Nation, have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Don't forget, former CBS News assignment editor will be on the air talking about the media and his new book called Smooth Criminal. His name is Bill Dean. He was uh, a former, uh, like I said, former CBS employee at the CBS News Division television in New York City. And that is going to be quite interesting. So stay tuned for that. Anyway, we're going to say one word. And what is it again, Marla? Aloha. Aloha.